Welcome to Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Alexandre Marie underscore talks. Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie is a podcast where we will discuss everyday topics that are affecting the Black community from mental health, education, sexuality, spectrum disorder, the Black dollar, the Black culture, Black businesses, Black relationships, and more. This is Shoot the Breeze with Alexandre Marie. And remember, what consumes your mind controls your life. Hey fam, so today we're gonna talk about anxiety and dating someone with anxiety. I wanted to speak upon this because honestly, I'm really sick and tired of our brothers saying that Every partner they ever had was crazy, out of their minds, or they're just over black women because they're so crazy. And I'm not making an excuse for um, black women that are, you know, pretty crazy out of this world, but some of us are suffering from anxiety. And... One of the symptoms that presents itself, believe it or not, is anger and frustration. And we have the right to be anxious, especially black women. I say this all the time. Other black women say this all the time. Other black men say this all the time. We are we're not even we're not even considered second class citizens honestly in the eyes of the world we are the dirt underneath your shoes we can't even be the dirt because dirt is too good it's like we're the scum that's how we're looked at and we know this so yes that causes frustration and anger to present itself as one of the symptoms of what we are truly suffering from, and that is anxiety. Let me give you guys some stats real quick, okay? According to the Health and Human Services Office of Minority Health, black Americans are 20% more likely to experience serious mental health problems than the general population. Black youth who are exposed to violence are at greater risk of PTSD by 25%. Black Americans are also more likely to be exposed to factors that increase the risk of developing a mental health condition, you know, such as homelessness and exposure to violence. And in our community, people are often misguided and often misunderstand what mental health condition is and therefore the subject is obsolete, it's uncommon, it's not heard of. The lack of understanding leads many to believe that mental health condition is a personal weakness or a form of punishment. We're too black, we're too proud, we're too strong. We can't have anxiety. We can't have depression. You know, our children, no, our children cannot have ADHD. You know, we survived slavery. We're still surviving slavery now. We're not weak like those white people. I don't know how many times I'm gonna say that and it's not just me 
there are many black voices out there that are speaking up and are advocating for mental health. So I don't know how we can get through you guys that are suffering clearly suffering everyone can see it and you simply don't want help and this is why people say you can't make someone do something you can see all your favorite celebrities instagrammers influencers whoever out there advocating for mental health and you resonate with the information and the stories that they are saying or displaying on their platforms, yet you choose not to. And I get it. You grew up in a household where it demonized anyone or any form of mental illness. But when when will we wake up and say, we are not our parents? We are not our grandparents. We're not our uncles. We're not our aunts. We're not our great cousins. We need to live for ourselves. You cannot stand idly by and allow your health to deteriorate because you want to live in their past, in their truth. That's not your past. That's not your truth. And you are the creator, the maker, the ruler of your own universe. Let me say that one more time. You are the maker, the creator, and the owner of your own universe. You are not your family's past. Yes, those past are in you. But you do not have to own them. The reason they did not seek help is on them. Allow that to stay with them and haunt them. Give yourself the opportunity to grow. Give yourself the opportunity to become whole. Because believe it or not, a lot of our brothers out there that are suffering from you know, drug crisis, gun violence, or anything that has to do, you know, in those categories, they are suffering from mental health. And as I said, one of the symptoms of anxiety is anger. And the reason why it's anger, it's because you are losing control of reality. You're losing control of the present now. And that causes a bit of frustration. It causes anger. It causes you to lash out. And that's the reason why I want to talk about dating someone with anxiety. Because, you know, women, we have to be fragile. We can't speak up. And if we do, we're frowned upon. So you have our brothers out there now, once we get a little frustrated and we want to speak out and some of us, again, may be suffering from anxiety and we, because of our past and because of our families, we're not accepting help for it. And we're dating a, a black man and they can't see it. All they see is all they've ever seen and all they've ever heard by others to categorize women that are presenting these kind of behaviors. Oh, yo, she's crazy. You know, like, you need to not date her. To the point where, you know, date another race. Date another race? You're leaving us because we're dealing with the same pressures, if not more, than you for another race? Because you can't deal with us when we're too stressed. Hmm. How does that make you feel for all the brothers out there that have stepped 
and dated another race. Now, like I've said before, if you've heard me before, have I dated another race? Yes. Was it due because I can't deal or stand, you know, my brothers and I feel as though they're less than? No, that wasn't the case. So dating someone with anxiety. First thing I want you fellas to understand, and ladies too, you know, ladies, there are a lot of men out there that are dealing with anxiety, but I'm really stressing this to the guys, you know, because I've heard it with some of my exes where, yo, you're just, you're just angry all the time. Like, you're just crazy. And it, it's like, okay, I'm a single mom. Every job I've ever had is, it's, you know, somewhat kind of demanding, whether it be physical or mentally demanding. It's exhausting. And yes, I did not have such an easy life. And my recent accident actually um, sparked my anxiety and when I when I analyze everything, the anxiety was always there, you know. As I moved towards behavioral health and I moved towards getting my um, cognitive behavioral therapist certification, I realized that no, you've you've been suffering for anxiety for a very long time. You've managed it for a very long time, or so you thought. It's just that accident added some PTSD and now you can feel it. When before, maybe the lashing out, the anger and constant working made it a little difficult for you yourself to feel it. And I said, wow, maybe that's why I choose not to get into relationships or I'm choosing to just focus on my kids and focus on income and buying a house and honestly trying to do everything on my own because I don't want to be with someone that simply just doesn't understand or doesn't believe that anxiety is a mental disorder. So understanding anxiety and what it is doing to your partner is the number one step. Okay, and under that is knowing definitively that anxiety is real, not something made up by your partner. It is a real mental illness. And Anxiety can send you into panic attacks. I've had them. They are not fun at all. Sometimes they feel like you're having a heart attack. You know, and I suffer from mild asthma. So sometimes I honestly feel like there's just someone sitting like like on my neck. Like Rakishi. You know, I don't know if you guys remember Rakishi from WWF, but basically like a really, really big, fat sumo wrestler just sitting on my neck. That's not fun. Especially when you're approaching what sparked your anxiety to surface. What sparked your PTSD. And for me, it's four-way stop signs you know and this is why I when I drive even though I know the like the routes that I'm taking I have to know how to get to the same place three different routes I still put my GPS on because you know I want to know how far it's going to take me to get to wherever I got to go if for some reason all my routes are blocked off or I can't you know get to especially if you're driving along a highway you know it's it's difficult sometimes then if I have to do a, a detour instantly I become anxious and I'm 
driving and any any person on the road is target right now for me and that causes me to want to get to where I need to get to so that causes me to want to move faster and if someone is ahead of me and they're not moving as fast I become upset I become so frustrated but I can feel like as if someone is just reaching into my heart and clenching it or just having their hands wrapped around my neck I want you guys to understand that and envision that. Now that's how I feel. I can't speak for everyone, but believe me you, that's almost how everyone feels. Some people sweat profusely. Some people begin to stutter. Some people really just can't breathe and they have to um, pick up their inhaler if they are asthmatic. It is hard. I want you fellas to understand it is hard and it is not a make-up mental illness. It is real. And yes, anxiety is normal. And anxiety can feed your passion. Imagine, you know, being a performer. That anxiety can help you perform. And it is completely normal. You know, public speaking, so on and so forth. It's not normal. When it becomes severe and it takes over your life, your everyday life, when you can't go outside, when you can't get in your car, you know, when you don't want to go on a date, when you don't want to do anything, that's when it's not normal. Anxiety can be debilitating. Like I said, it can, it can make it difficult for us to function in our everyday lives. So as a behavior therapist, I have to drive to my clients. Even throughout COVID, I still drove to my clients because it's essential. I had to do everything in my power to calm myself down so I will you know as soon as I get in the car music is on now when I drive my son to daycare or to his dad or to my mom's before work you know I have he has his tablet sometimes or a book or anything like that and now my son he's um he's about to be three so he's tacting and what that means is just speaking about everything that he sees. Whether it's environmental, he's just tacting. Mom, I, I hear a airplane. Mom, look at the cars, look at the truck. Mommy, look at this, mommy, look at that. And it's just like, oh my gosh. And, and you know what? I have to hold my composure. And the only thing I could say is, Nasir, mommy is driving. And he doesn't understand. He knows mommy is driving. He knows mommy's in the car um, behind the wheel. He knows mommy is driving. He just doesn't understand. Why can't you turn around? Why can't you, you know? So I have to give him a book. I have to give him his tablet. And even with the book, even with the tablet, you know, mommy, look, look, look what's in the book. Mommy, look at what's in the, and it's just. Sometimes it's a relief when I have dropped them off. And I don't want anyone to think like, what do you mean it's a relief? You're behind a wheel and you need to focus on driving. And there are many parents that are not on any spectrum of mental disorder at all and when they stop the car <laughs> they're happy because now they can pay that attention to their child because you don't want your child to to feel deprived of your attention and at such a young age they don't understand they do not understand mommy can't talk right now mommy is driving mommy is trying to focus and 
since the car is what caused, you know, my uh, the PTSD from the accident is what caused the anxiety to surface, or at least for me to really know and understand, I have coping mechanisms that allowed me to deal with my son in the car. Again, him having his devices, I have my device. I give him a book that I've probably read to him maybe 10, 20 times. So when he is saying, do you know this? Do you see this? I'm able to say, yes, I can see it because I've, I've known that book from front to um, back. I've read it to him. He could say a, a line and I could recite the next couple of lines. Same thing with the tablet. I make sure I give him an episode that I've probably watched 20 times because my son could watch an episode 50, 60 times. So that's a coping mechanism that I do. And then I put music on for me. I'm low. Nothing with profanity or anything. Just um, just pretty low. So I can, you know, just stay in the groove of things. Uh, I definitely do breathing exercise before I get in the car. Um... And I try very, very hard to just focus on the now. Right now, I'm driving on 21. Right now, I'm driving on 109. Right now, I'm driving on 78. Right now, I'm driving on here, driving on that. Just focus that you're in the car right now. You're driving and you're driving safely. You know, because I can go into a panic attack. I can go into... Oh my gosh, I have to worry about the person on my left, the person on my right. Is this person going to like swerve and hit me or this or that? And that can cause me to speed up. That can cause me to just freeze and stop. That can cause me to do anything. So I don't focus on that. You see what I'm I'm trying to get at you guys? It is real. It is crippling. And I could have chose to work somewhere in walking distance. But with my line of work, that's not feasible. You know, <clears throat> something in walking distance is not going to give me the same income. I can't do walking distance because I have to drive to a certain location to bring my son to his father or grandmother during the drop off. So life has forced me to deal with anxiety. But do I get episodes here and there? Not not during driving. Um, but in life in itself, of course. But dating someone with anxiety is difficult because a lot of partners simply just don't understand. They don't want to believe it's real. They don't want to believe it could be debilitating. You know, and as I was explaining... Anxiety makes people experience fight or flight reactions to stress and issues that are not life-threatening at all. You know, and it causes us to worry constantly whether our partners are going to lie and cheat because we simply feel as though we're not good enough. Anxiety is not logical, it is not rational, and the symptoms come in waves or constantly or both. Like, what? And she wants us to deal with all of that? Is she crazy? No, 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 no. I'ma just date somebody else that I don't have to deal with all that. I understand. But what happens if you truly and genuinely love this person. You're just gonna X them out of your life because of something they cannot help. I mean, they can get help to cope with it. But it's, it, it's, it's kind of like depression. You can't cure depression the same way you can't cure anxiety. You learn to cope with it. And a lot of people use that anxiety and become successful. I mean, I use my anxiety in 
in my therapies. And what I mean by that is I understand what my clients are going through that when I when I make a treatment plan or when I'm working with the children that are on the spectrum or when I'm making a treatment plan for like adolescents and um, preteens my understanding of my anxiety actually helps me when it comes to developing those plans and we have artists you know actors painters composers that suffer from anxiety and depression and believe it or not it's made them amazing at what they do anxiety can give you focus it can give you manic episodes and those manic episodes you honestly can finish a book a three four hundred page book in a day you can write a novel I'm not gonna say in a day but you can write a novel in a shorter period of time than the average person you know you can paint a portrait in a shorter period of time because that anxiety does cause you to focus especially when you are in a manic state so how how can anxiety impact a relationship like I said she can worry constantly about you lying and about you cheating and what what do you think that's gonna do of course it's gonna cause arguments she's gonna want to look through your phone and invade your privacy that's gonna cause sleepless nights for not just her but you you know and it's running through her mind what if he doesn't love me as much as I love him what if he's lying to me what if he's hiding something from me cheating on me what if he finds someone better what if you know someone at his job is better than me oh his best friend you know they're always on the phone together they're always going out together what if he's cheating on me with his best friend you know what if we break up how can i deal with all that what if he doesn't text me back oh my goodness what if I can't reach him during an emergency does that mean he's cheating on me okay I'm gonna call him the phone rings it goes to voicemail it goes straight to voicemail no he he's with another chick he's cheating on me he's cheating on me his phone could have just died I know how often do we allow our phones to die yes I get it but it does happen here and there okay so his phone rang for five six times yo they must be in bed and that sex must be bomb that's why he's not picking up my phone I gotta find where he is you know cuz I'm gonna beat his ass I'm gonna beat her ass I'm gonna beat everybody's ass that's in that bed da, 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 da. and you know what it could have just been on vibrate or mistakenly he could have put it on silent and not have saw that you called what if he ghosts me all of those things you know you you go on a date date seems great you know you had that period of one to two weeks where you're talking to each other you're getting to know each other finally he asks you out on the date you go on the date and um you know he texts you good night right like you got home safe or whatever or he walked you to your door whatever the case is you still got a text at night saying good night that means i'm thinking of you the date was cool i liked it you're still on my mind and you're not away from me but we don't see it that way right people that have anxiety we don't see it that way we can see it like oh, i just saw him why is this the way he's ending things with me so is he trying to ghost me? Oh, no, 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 no. After we talked on the phone for two weeks, we Skyped, we uh, we FaceTimed and this and that. You know, I told my friends about him. You know, I told my mom that I'm I'm going on this date, da-da-da-da. And he seemed, he seems to think he could just ghost me 
And the guy is simply trying to show you, even though you are not in my presence, I am thinking of you. I'm just saying goodnight. But do you fellas see where I'm going with this? And I know a lot of you are like, but yo, that shit is back crazy. I'm like, how can she get all of that from me just saying goodnight? Again, anxiety is not logical, nor is it rational. And the unfortunate how unfortunate rather the behaviors that are motivated due to anxiety right and these behaviors people encounter in their relationship being angry irritable being controlling I know you can see that with anxiety, the control factor, having to know where you are, what you're doing, who you're talking to, because I think you're cheating. I'm constantly thinking you're cheating on me, constantly thinking you're lying to me, so I need to know where you are, what you're doing, what you're wearing, who you're going out with, so on and so forth. I need to know the miles it takes for you to get to work, this and that. Now, I'm not saying for me personally, that's how things are um, when, in my relationship. But I do get angry, irritable, or, you know, people can get distracted. They come across very, very critical or passive aggressive or perfectionist. I must admit, yes. Perfectionism is something that uh, <laughs> that is a behavior. But you know what? I'm also A-type. So that comes with that. Um, but yes, I will, I, I will admit that being irritable, angry, controlling, overly critical, those are all behaviors that I have admitted to others you know and it does make it difficult now for me you know if, if, if I feel like you're cheating I'm gonna just leave but I don't really call for the proof I don't really need the proof that it's just a feeling and that's what I mean by you know that anxiety some some women they they go about it where they look for the proof you know and don't get me wrong that woman intuition is dead on a lot of the times but sometimes honey it could just be his phone died he put it on silent by mistake or vibration or he was really just busy and could not pick up the phone and too many of those you know, even if they're not back to back, it could have been in a, a year span and you keep that in your mind. You know what? April 12th, I called him and went straight to voicemail. June 1st, I called him and, uh, you know, it rang and rang and rang. And then, you know, November 10th, I called him and it rang twice and went to voicemail. No, no, no. See, that's a pattern right there. Honey, where's the pattern? Unless those... Sorry guys, my alarm's went off letting me know. I gotta get in that car <laughs> to start driving to go to work. Yes, I'm recording this in the morning before I head out. But, um, no. Uh, unless the pattern is he's out driving to a business meeting or, or something like that, then, then I understand, like, okay, you're out. You're not in your normal station, so on and so forth, then okay, I get it. But if he's still where he needs to be, then honestly, it could really be those things that I've mentioned. Just like all mental illness, 
Anxiety does not have to ruin a relationship. You know, there are coping mechanisms that you can instill in your relationships and help your partner with as well. Learning how to better communicate about anxiety, you know, set aside to having that heart-to-heart conversation. Oh, set boundaries with your partner. Like I said, anxiety causes anger, irritability. With that comes um, insults, accusations, accusations, (laughs) threats, so on and so forth. So you need to set those boundaries with your partner. You need to tell your partner that those behaviors are not acceptable, even during an anxiety attack or stressful times. They cannot insult you. They cannot simply accuse you without any proof. They cannot and should not threaten you. And as a partner, remember to always listen. You know, try helping your partner consciously breathe in the moment for you know two to three four minutes however long it takes your partner to calm down and be in the moment you know acknowledge your partner's progress when it comes to anxiety show love and compassion and understanding and look There are a lot of things you should not do. Criticize them for having anxiety? Yeah, don't do that. Dismiss their anxiety? Let's not do that either. Enable maladaptive anxiety behavior by coddling them. No. No, 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 no. We can't do that either. Also, Don't try to be their therapist. You can help them look for one, but do not try to be their therapist. And try not to take everything personally. I know that's hard. It's very, very hard, especially when you have a controlling partner that wants to sift through your phone. Like I'm I'm the kind of person, listen, my phone is my phone, your phone is your phone. I pay for my phone, I pay for my phone bills, you pay for your phone, and you pay for your phone bills. And if we ever got a phone plan together, that's still going to be my phone. And since I have that mindset with my phone, I try not to pick up my partner's phone. You know, but when, I know this is like an oxymoron or conundrum, right? She's about to say, but when that anxiety hits, no. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Um, if I ever have to pick up your phone, then it's over for me. It's a sign for me that there are too many coincidences. And I've never been wrong in any relationships or a person that I've dated. This is not to say, this is not to say it's for anybody, for everybody and anybody out there. Look, I don't pick up your phone, right? Your phone could ring in front of me or whatever. I'm not gonna, because if my phone rings or whatever, um, I don't even tell you to pick it up or look who texts me or, or so on and so forth. For me, if I do pick up your phone, then it's, It's me saying to myself that I've lost trust in you. And forget accusations. I probably got proof on top of proof by now, you know. And I don't stay around too long to gather proof. You know, a little bit of proof and me wanting to pick up your phone tells me, hey, you know what? You don't trust this person anymore. Get out. And that's just me. Um, But let's go to the do nots. Let's go back to that. Uh, Do not try to fix your partner. They're not a bike. You know, they're not a coffee stand. They're not something that is fixable. You deal with anxiety through coping mechanisms, coping skills. There's no cure. Don't recommend psychedelic drugs. Oh, you know, like, 
just just take an edible or just smoke a blunt. You know how many times people have said, yo, Alex, you just need to smoke a blunt and you will calm down. No, thank you. Not me. There are no quick fixes for anxiety. And if you find yourself constantly doing these things, constantly judging, constantly trying to fix your partner, become their therapist, you know, constantly enabling their uh, maladaptive behavior, then guess what? You are not equipped to date that person. And you just need to let them go. One of the, one of the um, coping skills I like to use for myself and, you know, for my clients um, is the 54321 grounding. So what that looks like is five. Look around for five things that you can see and say them out loud. So the idea of this is by the time you get to number one, you should feel grounded. You should feel like you're in the here and the now, right? So if you feel as though your partner is about to become way too stressed, then five, then try the five, four, three, two, one grounding coping mechanism. So again, five, look for five things around you that you can see and say them out loud. Feel. Four, pay attention to your body and think of four things that you can feel and say them out loud. For an example, I can feel my shoes. I mean, I can feel my feet in my shoes, right? So you have to really think about four things you can feel. Or I can feel the hair in the back of my neck or the hairs on my arms or something like that. Three, listen. Now, if you're outside, this is quite easy. You know, listen for three sounds and say them out loud. But when you're home in a quiet place, Finding three things to listen is difficult, right? But if you really begin to start grounding yourself, one of the things you would say is your heart. I hear my heartbeat. And if your partner's there with you, I hear you breathing. And then you can say, I hear the room. Because believe it or not, rooms have sound. I always knew they had sound. But my um, audio engineer, Lance, you know, really embedded that in my head. Alex, like, every room has its sound. That, that, that sound you hear, that's the sound of the room. I used to think, like, the, the creaking or whatever was the sound. And he's like, no, 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 it's frequency, it's vibration. Always learning something new, right? Smell. Say two things that you can smell. You know, and, and you can move around if you'd like because it is quite difficult but if you are a female and you like you know wear perfume or if your partner wears cologne or whatever that's one of the easiest things that you can smell and taste if there's nothing in front of you that you can quickly taste then try to remember what you had last the meal you had last and how all of those things tasted I hope that does help um, some of you guys. It does help me. Um, it helps some of my clients. The idea, again, like I had mentioned, is to be in the here and the now. I also hope that any guys that were listening to this, um, they take note, right? That anxiety is not a made-up illness, that it is real. It can cause your girlfriend to go batshit crazy here and there. You know, but you got to understand. You got to try to understand at least. And I'm not asking, oh, you know, here's my phone. You know, take my phone, check my email. No, because you need to have a sense of privacy. You're an adult. You know, you know, you don't have to give them a synopsis of your day all the time 
but try to find ways in helping them see that you're not lying, that you're not cheating on them. And ladies, if you like any of the um, any of the tips and you would want your, your partner to listen, of course, have them listen. And take it from me, someone that, yes, I know a lot of you are saying, well, you're a therapist, so it's easy for you. Yeah. I just got in this line of work of therapy a few years back. Um, and I, I just got back to it a few years back. But uh, before then, um, I used meditation, which you can use. You can use meditation. I used music still and things like that. But I guess a part of me was in denial and I, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't allow myself to think, yo, there was something really wrong with me. But take it from me. Once you know that you suffer from anxiety, the power is in your hands. The ball is in your court. If, if you choose to allow anxiety to win, believe me, then that is, that is a bad, detrimental choice. But you can beat anxiety. You can beat the symptoms. And this is not me saying there's a cure. This is me saying once you feel stressed, you know how to manage it. And sometimes you can't manage stress, right? Let's say if you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you know, stressful job, sometimes you can't manage stress. So what you wanna do is you wanna decompress as soon as you get home or as soon as you get in the car. Just take that moment for yourself. You may want to, um, I don't know, go out alone, Take a detour and pick up something to eat or go grocery shopping. You know, give yourself that time away from everyone. You may be near other people, but you're just away from your people for a little bit. Take a walk in the park, do whatever. What I'm trying to say is once you know and understand anxiety and your stressful moments, you can better understand how to de-escalate that. Or you can manipulate all the antecedents prior to the behaviors, right? And what that means, antecedents, is all the actions before your behavior. So if you know when you get anxious, you start using profanity, you become irritable, you start to become very angry, okay, what is going to cause those behaviors? You can't really control the stresses of your job because you can't control other people. So once you tell yourself that, you just have to be able to manipulate your surroundings, manipulate your surroundings in the moment so that those behaviors are minimized. So again, you guys, control your surroundings, manipulate the antecedents, and fellas, Listen, anxiety is real. I don't know how much I or anyone can stress that enough to you. And maybe that girl that you broke up with because you thought she was just batshit crazy. You thought you just could not deal with her. It could honestly be that she was suffering from anxiety. And I'm not telling you to go give her a chance. I'm just telling you that moving forward, you know, ask, just ask questions. Always listen, always be compassionate and understanding. That's all I have for you guys because I really have to go. I got to hit the road right now so I can get to work. But thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram as well as Facebook, Alexandre. Marie underscore talks. That's A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-E-M-A-R-I-E underscore T-A-L-K. 
yes and please please also look for the link in my bio and look for the link in this episode and buy some merch on my teespring shop page I'm definitely gonna have some more designs up for you guys throughout the summer um i'm working on fanny pack designs more tight designs and t-shirts designs as well as onesies for babies so please check it out and thank you so much for tuning in and remember you are who you ought to think you ought to be i should put that on the shirt somehow again thank you guys stay blessed Self-esteem is divided, I'm tired of trying to hide it yeah. You like being childish, you think I can't tell if you lying Too optimistic for crying, that's, that's wasting my time Too many times have I waited, so patient for grace to amaze me But wait, turns out I made a mistake This bitter pill that I take never makes anything go away It always accompanies shame and it places the blame On the man in the mirror when things are the same uh, He's not accustomed to change, yeah Living inside of his brain and all his anxieties drive him insane Like saying is a place and he's engineering a train Into the foyer of his house of pain, what else can I say? Too many times never is enough Losing his mind on this freaking bus ride Spilling his guts in a Dixie cup From the Rillo his medicine filling up Detached and alone He misses the feeling of having a home He's a lot tougher and matter go prone Now that he's back in his own Any bullshit that they bring he can handle The young fella grown Look at him go They clapping and cheering so loud He's making his family proud But he's so jaded he don't really care about the crowd Swears up and down that he's done Doesn't hear anything from anyone As far as the story's ending The crab in the barrels The shell on the head of that gun Bow.